Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Create a brighter future with a savings plan from Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. It may be what you reach for when you're famished, or even when you're not. The biscuits, the sweets, the crisps, ultra-processed foods, they give us a, a quick hit of pleasure and have us reaching for more and more and more. But have uh, they have uniquely harmful effects on the human body, we know. And we're told this contributes to obesity and diabetes and cancer and other health problems. So how are they sold to us? And do we need restrictions on their supply and marketing. I'm joined by Professor Don Lochet, HSE lead for obesity, and by Dr. Sarah Brown, who's assistant professor of marketing at Trinity College Dublin. Uh, you're both very welcome to the programme. I know, uh, Professor Don Lochet, that an awful lot of people will perk up listening to this because everybody, I think, most people anyway in the country would uh, take ultra processed foods and sometimes even when they don't really want to but they know it's uh, it's bad for them, but they keep taking them. What marks out uh, an ultra-processed food as being utterly bad for us, though, first? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, processed... You, we've got minimally our own processed food, like your fruit and veg and your nuts and seafood or meat. And then there's some foods that are slightly processed, you know, simple bread, uh, tofu, can of fish tin of beans. But the ultra-processed foods are the ones that have multiple additives, go through multiple rounds of uh, being processed, literally, um, and, uh, you know, have sometimes up to uh, 10 or 12 additives to keep them preserved for a long time, so their shelf life is long, so they're, you know, you can make them and they're stay on the shelf for a long time, mm-hmm. cheap to, to manufacture. But those additives uh, are designed to do two things. One is to preserve the food, uh, and the second is to, if you like, give it a taste and texture that is irresistible to the human brain and that lights up parts of your brain uh, that we know are lit up by pleasure, uh, by alcohol, by gambling. The kind of addictive reward centers in your brain light up you get a quick hit, but you don't get any nourishment from it. And over 50% of our calories now in our diets in the Western world come from ultra-processed food. And 95% of the advertising spend is by the food industry is on that ultra-processed food. I'm writing down words as you're, you're talking, uh, Donald. Pleasure, addictive, quick hit. You could be talking about drugs. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in the, the playbook for um, the attack on the kind of tobacco stop smoking industry, if we could just um, move that playbook to ultra-processed food, uh, it would be equally as impactful on health. Uh, and there's an argument that we should be doing that and doing it much more aggressively. Say with me, uh, if you don't mind, Dr. Sarah Brown, you're um, looking at the marketing of all of this. Uh, how uh, They're everywhere, and they process foods, ultra-processed foods. We can't get away from them, really. They're absolutely everywhere. You're right, Cormac. Um, and I, just to pick up on what Donald has said there, that the, the concept of them being irresistible, it's it's a, it's it's somewhat ironic because the way in which they're marketed to us is quite unique because 
the underlying narrative in a lot of the marketing of these foods is is one of personal restraint. So we're off, they're often sold to us, ultra-processed food, they're often sold to us as, you know, go on, have the occasional treat or the, a rare indulgence and enjoy small moments of happiness, you deserve it, and all of that kind of stuff. And we buy into it and we say, yeah, sure, go on, I do deserve it. Um, and it's only one treat. So we're being told to be treat-wise in our consumption of these products, yet this type of discourse makes absolutely no sense when you consider collectively the volume of marketing messages that we're exposed to on a daily, weekly basis by the countless numbers of ultra-processed food producers and brands. So it just it's just this total paradox and it yeah, makes absolutely I, I, no sense. I, so so yeah. how are they uh, they're marketed? Uh, they're, they're told that it's, it's not bad to have these occasionally, is that it? That's the that's the underlying message, but really there are other contradicting uh, marketing tactics at play here as well. And and our research has uncovered some of them. They're quite interesting. So you know we what we found in our in our research is what's happening is what we call the snackification of the day. Um, and it's really growing in momentum. It's just an approach whereby. Um, you know, we're, we're told that we can and we're encouraged to grab, you know, breakfast on the go, grab a breakfast bar. You know, children are enticed to go straight to the fridge for the after school snack. Mm-hmm. And we're told to, you know, allow yourself that after dinner treat. So it's these you know, micro occasioning is what we call it, where we're just encouraged ultimately to consume more and more of these ultra processed foods. And we've even identified what we call an edible calendar. So I don't know if you and your listeners know there's an international pizza day, there's a world's Nutella day, there's a burger day, a cake day, a popcorn day. So you name the ultra processed food category and the food industry and advertising industries have essentially fabricated a holiday in the calendar as a special occasion to eat more of these processed foods. It sounds ridiculous. Uh, when you say, does the packaging have anything to do with this? I'll come back to Donald Lowe in a second, but I have a one and a half year old and we walked into a shop today and he waddles over to the crisp counter. He doesn't know what they are. He's never had them, but he lo- takes up the packet and looks at me and goes, huh, huh, because that's what he says when he wants it. I mean, how important is the packaging? It is important, and there's a there's a ton of research on on the importance of packaging, color, eye level as by level as well. Um, there's also what's known as a health halo, where there's certain elements of 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 these ultra processed foods that, if they use certain types of terminology or language, we're led to believe that they may be more helpful than they actually are. So packaging absolutely has to has a lot to do with. But as as Donald has, has pointed out, if your toddler has tasted these previously, you know it's ignited this kind of irresistible urge in, in our brains where we go for these foods that are just hyper palatable. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. They're aggressively marketed. They're super cheap to buy, ultra convenient to consume. You know, they've all of the boxes ticked for why we keep going back for we, more. We have no the way then, Donald O'Shea, of beating this, do we? Uh, it's tough. You know, this Saturday coming is World Obesity Day and it's the health sector's attempt to just highlight the trouble we're in. Uh, but there's a small budget behind that. Uh, it won't be anything. If you remember the fuss around St. Arthur's Day, mm-hmm. uh, which was the uh, the, the Guinness uh, World Pizza Day, the, the food and drinks industry are just way ahead. And what we have to do is acknowledge uh, that over 50% of our calories are coming now from these ultra-processed foods. They've been driven towards uh, children, like every 10 minutes, a child will see three ads for food when they're online. 
um, your one and a half year old was able to reach that mm-hmm. bag of crisps. Yeah. With, and, and I can tell you that the ingredients in that are targeting a one and a half year old palate. The crisps really? on the shelf above that are targeting a four year old palate. And the crisps on the shelf above that are targeting a seven year old palate. It is that structured oh my and God. that premeditated. It's incredible. Can I ask you though, um, an awful lot of people are confused. I mean, we know that crisps are ultra processed, but what about sausages? Are they ultra processed foods or chicken nuggets, for example? Some people think that's chicken. It's okay. Yeah, chicken nuggets are ultra processed um, and you can't beat uh, plain breast of chicken and chicken pieces. Um, and that's whole food. Uh, If you add uh, kind of spices to it, it's still whole food. Uh, It's when you start uh, wrapping it in something that's full of sugar and salt. It's when you start putting it through iterations that will mean the chicken will last for uh, four weeks instead of um, four days. Mm -hmm. And and I love Doreen Allen's line, you know, when you go shopping, buy food not food-like products. <laughs> because the ultra-processed foods really should lose that name. They are food-like products. They're nutritionally empty, and they're lighting up bits of your brain uh, that really, uh, you know, give you that quick hit, but nothing sustainable. Yeah, and Michael Pollan is a, a journalist and writer about food in America, and he said if your grandparents wouldn't recognise it as food, then don't buy it. That's uh, his advice. But can I ask you, though, surely we need legislation of some sort, uh, Donald, to help protect against the type of marketing that Sarah is talking about and that maybe the type of ingredients that can be used in, in ultra-processed food? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, the, the Kerry group, uh, when you pass their large uh, kind of base uh, just off the nice carriageway, there's over 3,000 ingredients in that uh, plant. And they're working on uh, exactly the areas we're talking about, taste, texture, uh, preserving, um, because we're moving more and more towards convenience and hyper-convenience. Um, and the percentage of foods that are uh, go- going to be ultra-processed is, is increasing, not decasing. So the Irish Heart Foundation have been calling for a Public Health Obesity Act. I'm HSE Lead for Obesity. We're very interested in a Public Health Obesity Act that will address the advertising, not just uh, on TV. You have to look at the digital marketing. Mm-hmm. The watershed needs to be extended. I mean, I look at you know, the, the Guinness zero zero in the middle of the pitch um, on, on, on the Six Nations weekend, that's advertising Guinness. Um, yeah. outside of the watershed it's it a beautiful is, it, way of getting around it, the, the, the problem it is absolutely everywhere as Sarah says do you, do you have a quick word Sarah before we finish on, on how yeah. to restrict or would it be possible to restrict the, the marketing of these foods Oh, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think what we need to do is we're losing the battle against obesity in Ireland as a, as a particular health, public health problem as a result of these foods. And we have to move from a voluntary approach 
to try and curb consumption towards a mandatory restriction of the production and marketing of them. And I think one of one of the solutions that's been put forward is food reformulation, where kind of the sugar, salt and, and uh, fat content of these foods is reduced. And I think it's a good idea and it's part of the solution. But if we are overly reliant on voluntary reformulation, um, we're not going to win the battle. I think there's a couple of couple of issues with voluntary food reformulation. Um, it, 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 it's no match, and, and Don referred to it earlier, it's no match for the might and power of the food industry who at the same time have well-intentioned efforts of, to reformulate a lot of their unhealthy um, and ultra-processed food categories. They are fly, flying full steam ahead with new product development, new varieties, uh, new food categories, new snacking categories, new flavours, new varieties, and it's no match. So we can keep on with these voluntary reformulation efforts, but they're not going to solve the, the crisis that we're in. Okay, Dr. Sarah Brown, Assistant Professor of Marketing at Trinity College Dublin and Professor Donal O'Shea, HSE Lead for Obesity. Thank you very much indeed for joining us.